Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football, whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP. We got you covered all year long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. And of course, I'm your host, John June, and without a doubt, on this Friday afternoon, evening, evening, got my guy, Greg Penniman. Greg, we're shaking, man. What's going on? Uh, chilling, you know, got a little switch up, a little Friday, but I'm, I'm here. I'm ready, ready to go. Uh, it was a very interesting game last night. You know, a lot of good things happened for the stars of the Colts. Uh, you know, hopefully, I will wish you know Mike White could have finished that out, man. That Tom Brady Jr. was on his way to another historic day, man. Uh, yeah, I, I I hope he comes back healthy and is able to start next week. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, we were talking before the show, after the show, like people, the listeners could have gotten a full uh, you know, view of of John tilting live. Because <laughs> uh, I was tilting really hard last night. Greg is a witness about who to start in my Superflex League, uh, Mike White or Jordan Love, who we will talk about later. And I was feeling real good uh, through that first quarter, throws that touchdown pass. I'm like, oh, we already got 95 yards in the touchdown. Crazy. I, you know, really felt like he would have thrown for 400 yards. But obviously, we're talking about the game, which. For the most part, the score looks a lot closer than the game actually was. Uh, the Colts end up winning 45 to nothing. Uh, it was 40. It was 28 to 10 or 20, 35 to 10 at the half. Um, with 35 10 at the half. Yeah, no, sorry, it was 28 10 at the half. 28 10 at the half, and then it was 35 mm-hmm. 10 at the start mm-hmm. of the third quarter. Um. You know, we saw an offensive lineman score a touchdown. Obviously, we're not going to break down the whole game. We're going to get into some Thursday night takeaways. But Thursday night takeaway for me, the first one is it's got to be Jonathan Taylor. Uh, (laughs) 19 carries, 172 yards, two touchdowns. Um, You know, also added some some work in the passing game, two catches for 28 yards there. Uh, he is, you know, we're talking about it just briefly. He's on his way, it seems like, to being potentially, you know, the RB1 with Derrick Henry out. I mean, uh, a stat that I had referenced uh, to you, Greg, off air. I know I uh, wrote about it in a recent article doing the prop bets for the ahead of the, the game yesterday. But Jonathan Taylor going into yesterday over the last two years has only Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook have more rushing yards than him. So he has been... Very good through two years now, um, and he just looks like a different player this year than he did, you know, at any time last year. Yeah, absolutely. Since that stretch of last year and into to this year, his last 15 games, man, he has he has 14 rushing touchdowns. He's been absolutely money. Um, the healthy scratch for Marlon Mack, so that just kind of also give the confidence of the the coaching staff to to trust JT. Uh, and even in a, a a blowout game, a game screw game where they, you know they could have lowered his touches in the second half, they kept going to him, and he he keeps making big plays. His explosiveness is what you know puts him in that uh, top five one category. It was that he can at any point break out for 80 yard touchdown. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've said it before. It's almost like that Derrick Henry effect where, yep. Yep. you know, it's like he has he's having a, a good day, but then all of a sudden he breaks his 78-yard touchdown run yeah. and 
now you know it's over 170 <laughs> yeah, rushing yeah. yards, and you're like, yeah. okay, right? So, um, you know, you have to love that. Got to love the involvement in the pass game too. It's like every week he's getting two or three receptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, over 20 yards receiving, uh, you know, you, you got to love that as well. And there is an opportunity for more here because yeah, JT, always, yeah. those goal line touches, man, <laughs> we got to convert. Um, but, yeah. Greg, any other Thursday night takeaways for you in this one? Uh, definitely Michael Pittman. I mean, he's continuing to find the end zone. Uh, I think that's four touchdowns in the last three games. Uh, he's been an excellent value at the receiver, um, his ADP early in the year, and he's kind of extended to being this alpha all year uh, consistently. Uh, and the receivers on the, the Jets side is, uh, well, Elijah Moore stepping up, uh, kind of having his breakout game. Uh, he had, you know, had a good game last week, but even with Corey Davis out, it seems like uh, their start the offense is trying to trust him more and more. Yeah, he had the the mini breakout last week and had the full blown breakout yesterday. Seems you know having a two touchdown day there. Uh, for the Jets, eight eight targets, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Eight, eight targets, eight, yep. 84 receiving yards there. Um, my takeaway is how good the Jets' offense looks without Zach Wilson. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, man, it's two games. That's, that's got to yeah. be a takeaway there for me. Uh, you know, there's also the fact that Mike LaFleur is up in the booth as opposed to having been down on the sideline. Uh, that's also seemed to make, have some impact here. Uh you know, him being a young coordinator, but the fact that we got a 400 yard game out of Mike White and mm-hmm. a 300 yard game out of Josh Johnson, who came mm-hmm. in relief. I mean, I, I said mean, the, the combined quarterback was 400 yards again, 400 yeah. yards passing. Yep. Here, yep. Right. So like this is a 400 yard <laughs> passer over the last two, two games for the New York Jets. Uh, so, you know, something I'm curious to see what happens, uh, you know, Mike White, or Zach Wilson was was warming up ahead of the game yesterday. Looked pretty good too, moving around. So you know, do they risk him? Do they throw him out there against Buffalo? Do we do we stay hot with Mike White against Buffalo? You know, have to see what happens. But uh, that'll be next week. Any other takeaways there for you, Greg? Uh, not pretty. I mean, you know, Carson Wentz did what he had to do. No interceptions. Uh, no no brutal mistakes. So he he played his part very well. That he did. And uh, Naheem Hines had a very useful fantasy he day. He did. Uh, but Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> moving on to the 4 p.m. games, obviously we broke down all the 1 p.m. games yesterday. If you missed any of that, make sure you go check that out on episode 214, week nine, game previews part one. This is week nine, game previews part two. Also get... Those starts of the week. Also get to watch us play some money time or some get money. Change, change, yes, sir. Change, change. So starting with our first four o'clock game here, 4.05 p.m., the four and three L.A. Chargers travel to Philadelphia and take on the three and five Philadelphia Eagles here. This is a 50 point or this is a 50 point over under. The Chargers are one-and-a-half-point favorites, according to FanDuel Sportsbook. In terms of injuries, the Chargers are okay for the most part. Philadelphia, uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is out. Greg, where are you at with this matchup here? I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the Chargers to cover. I'm going to take the Chargers to win. 
Uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of points in the games. Usually when the Eagles are in competitive games, their games go go, go crazy. Uh, Justin Herbert has started the week potential definitely in this one. Uh, Eckler is also in uh, terms to finish as the RB1. JT will probably get that, but he's uh, J- Eckler has a good, great matchup in this. Um, Keenan Allen, I love his matchup as well in the slot. I think this is the, the area to attack the Eagles secondary. Uh, I think he's a wide receiver one lock this week. Mike Williams, you're still firing up as a strong wide receiver too, even though he's got that tough matchup. And Jared Cook has been a safe, low, low tight end option uh, all season. So, uh, you, you know, he's always streamable. On Philly's side, Jalen Hurts, I think, will be back to that QB1 season. Uh, the Eagles just didn't. That wasn't the game skip for them. They're not going to have that game script again. They're, they're not going to play another Detroit Lions, basically. They don't have Houston on the schedule, so it should be more competitive games uh, each week. Matchup was great for the running backs. Uh, Chargers give up 132 rushing yards a game. Uh, that's a league high. Jordan Howard, I think, has a little more upside than Boston Scott. Uh, they're both RB3s, though, but with some RB2 upside, depending on who gets that red zone goal line work. Uh, they were 50-50 split in carries last week. Both of them had 12 carries. So uh, either one, I think you can plug and play. Uh, not trusting any of the receivers anymore. I mean, I would, you know, take a more favorable matchup up with Devontae Smith. If you're forced to throw Smith in there, I guess you have to. But I'm not happy about it right now. I would try to fade it. It, it just have to I have to see it. Like Devontae Smith has just been given a lot of opportunities at this point. Uh, with a lot of good matchups, the peripherals are still good, but something's not clicking right now. I think it might be a two words, Jalen Hurts. But <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of the game here, I'm going to take the over, going to take the Chargers to cover Chargers to win here. Uh, yeah, I agree with you, Eckler. Top flight running back one this week. Uh, mm-hmm. I have him. I have JT as the RB one, which looks really good right now. Uh, Eckler is the RB two on the week uh herbert a qb1 option here uh the the matchup for or the usage and the matchup for the the, the chargers receivers the, makes them look not overly as good matchups here or as good options here but keenan allen mm-hmm. he's i think a, a wide receiver one option i think mike will bounce his back potentially this week uh nice spot here for jared cook with the with the matchup here against philadelphia uh, on the Philly side, Jalen Hurts has does have a tough matchup on paper because the Chargers are good against the pass, but that's obviously not not how we expect Jalen Hurts nope. to get done. Nope. So definitely still look at him as a QB one option. Um, Jordan Howard and Boston Scott totally agree with what you're with what you're saying. I mean. I probably lean Boston Scott though, just because of the pass game work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do expect Philly to trail in this one. I don't see how they're getting one and a half points here against the Chargers. I, I just, I, I mean, maybe I'm overlooking the Chargers because Philly has played some close games, but those games, those scores look closer than the games actually are. It feels like. But either way, I also agree with your assessment on Devonte Smith. The peripherals look great, right? Like the route participation, the target yep, share, yep. like all of it until it comes down to like the box score. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that part doesn't look great every week. So uh, I agree with you. This matchup is tough. I'm not really trying to throw him out there, with not especially with, um, you know, the, the lack of production over these last pretty much on the season since like week one, um, you know, so. 
I think big, better weeks are ahead. He's probably somebody that you could buy low right now because there are some better matchups down the stretch, and he's been frustrating, I'm sure, to the Devontae Smith managers, and he might, you know, they might be willing to let him go. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to this next game, 425 p.m., the 7-1 and Green Bay Packers travel to Kansas City to take on the 4-4 and Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are seven-point favorites in this one. Uh, in terms of the injuries, Aaron Rodgers is out with COVID uh, for the Packers, so Jordan Love will get his first NFL start. Uh, Isaac Yadam is out with COVID as well. A defensive tackle or defensive lineman, Dean Lowry, he's a limited participant in practice with a hamstring. And on Kansas City, Mike Remmers is out with a knee injury. And then Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's also dealing with a knee injury, is on the injured reserve. Seems like he's a couple weeks away from potentially playing. So just something to note there. Uh, in terms of the game here, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take Green Bay to cover. I'm going to take Kansas City to win this game. Jordan Love getting his first start. I see him as a quarterback two option. Uh, I'm still trusting Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones to be top options at their positions. I mean, you know, I, I just take this back to my offseason approach with how I looked at the Packers, you know, when, when there was all these rumors of if Jordan Love or if, if Aaron Rodgers was going to come back or not. So, and I at that time, I said, hey, this is going to be a very concentrated offense, a lot of Devontae Adams, a lot of Aaron Jones, almost similar to how the Saints have run it without Drew Brees, with Michael Thomas and, and Alvin Kamara. So I, I don't see any other reason why I can go. It, it doesn't go that way. I, I think A.J. Dillon probably has a role here as well as a potential RB3 option uh, on the Chiefs side. Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey all ones at their respective positions. Uh, Daryl Williams, uh, he's an RB2. I think Miko Hardman, he's been solid over these last few weeks. I, I've, I have him as a, a wide receiver three headed into this matchup here. And then Derek Gore is super intriguing to me. Uh, he looked really good in limited action last week. Saw 11 carries, 48 yards, and a rushing touchdown. But I'm not probably, he's probably not somebody I'm starting this week. Uh, he's definitely somebody I'm going to stash and I want to see like, the, is this something, does he take this job away from Darrell Williams or, or put Dar put it in a spot where he has more work than Darrell Williams, you know, be mindful though, not involved in the past game. So something to note there, but Greg, where are you at with this matchup? Yeah, I'm going to take the under, I'm going to still take the Packers to cover, but I'm going to, I'm going to take the chiefs to win, uh, it's tough. I mean, I, I was really upset. This would have been the first game Aaron Rodgers versus Pat Mahomes. Like, crazy, man. I don't crazy. know why Rodgers never plays in these games, right? Like, I don't know, man. I know, I, right? <laughs> it's like Rodgers versus Brady. He, like, never plays. Yep. <laughs> crazy. But, yeah, on, on the Packers side, obviously, you know, everyone is going to get slightly downgraded, you know, with Aaron Rodgers being out. But I do like Devonta Adams to still eat and Aaron Jones to be a low in RB1. Uh, I think they will call a run-heavy game. It seems like when they are handicapped, Matt LaFleur does like to you know, run the ball a little more. Uh, so I do like A.J. Dillon as well to have some, some uh, get you a top 30 week. Uh, and, of course, Devontae, you're playing him uh, without a doubt. Uh, on the Chiefs side, it's Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey. Uh, and, yeah, I agree with you with Darryl Williams being a high in RB2. He's still getting uh, a lot of work. They Chiefs ran the ball a lot last week as well. Um, so we'll see what, how, how they play here. I think they'll 
start passing a little more. They have better matchups. And yeah, Derek Gore is definitely I'm on that the Wayne C mode. I do like him as an ad though for sure. Uh especially how they see when Clyde comes back or how he's used in this game. Yeah, definitely something to watch there. Um the next four twenty five game, the seven and one Arizona Cardinals traveling to San Fran to take on the three and four San Francisco 49ers. This game has a 45 and a half point total. That total dropped. Uh, I forget what it was earlier, but it definitely dropped. Um, the San Francisco 49ers are two point favorites, and that shifted. Uh, and that tells you that, you know, we've been, we, we referenced it since basically the, the, our Thursday night takeaways a week ago. Kyler Murray probably was going to be super questionable for, questionable for this game. He's listed as a game time decision. He's been called that. Uh, he's been labeled a game time decision basically since the week started. Has not practiced all week. Um, he's dealing with an ankle injury. Um, if you saw it, it seems like it's potentially a high ankle sprain. And you know the type of player Kyler is, mm-hmm. whether he plays or not. Uh, if he does play, this will su- like superbly like very much handicap him in you know the, a lot of the things that he'll be able to do. Uh, we even saw it on the last play of that game there. So DeAndre Hopkins, also a game-time decision with a hamstring injury. Uh, Chase Edmonds, limited participant in practice with a shoulder injury. Uh, A.J. Green and Demetrius Harris, uh, obviously A.J. Green wide receiver, Demetrius Harris a tight end. They're both positive for COVID, so they are on the COVID IR list. Uh, on the San Fran side, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, seems like he's eligible. He could be activated from uh, from the pup this week ahead of this matchup here. Uh, Debo Samuel, he's a limited participant in practice dealing with that calf, which I did see an alert that it seems like it's worse this week than it was the week before. So definitely something to monitor there. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, limited participant in practice with a rib injury, did miss a practice earlier this week. So something to note there. But. Some big news got that today. George Kittle activated yes, sir. off the injured reserve. George, it's good to have you back, brother. Um, in terms of the game here, though, Greg, what do you say? I'm gonna take the under with all these injuries. I'm gonna take the 49ers to cover. I'm gonna take the 49ers to win. Um, yeah, on the car side, I would. News is not trending very well for both D Hop and for Kyler Murray. I would, uh, you know, bank if you have either one of those guys. I would bank on the fact of them not playing. Uh, I would try to, you know, get a two, uh, uh, get you know some streams that we mentioned throughout the week uh, to have a backup plan. Colt McCoy is next on the depth chart. He's not a horrible quarterback, uh, so I wouldn't be too discouraged about the offense. But the the talent around him is hurt too. I mean, no AJ Green, no D Hop. Uh, Christian Kirk will obviously get a bump at receiver. Uh, Rondo Moore will have to get uh, opportunities as well as Zach Ertz. Uh, so I think they might have to rely more on the running game here. Chase Edmonds, I think, still has a solid RB2. And James Connors has been a money TD-dependent touch, uh, like low-end RB2. Um, I expect him to get a touchdown every week at this point, uh, how, how well he's been running uh, in the goal line and in the red zone. And on the 49ers, I like Eli Mitchell as a low-end RB1 if he's able to go. And healthy. Uh, Debo Samuel also popped up with some injury late uh, today, too. Uh, so he is banged up a little bit. So that would also help out uh, prospects of George Kittle if he comes back. You're firing up as an instant tight end one. 
but yeah, this this game is going to be determined kind of with that injury report uh, around, I guess, half times of the one o'clock games. Like you won't really know who's active or who is inactive. Um, so definitely keep in mind of all this injuries. Yeah, so I'm going to take the under here. Going to take San Fran to cover. Going to take San Fran to win. Um, you know, on the Arizona side, Colt McCoy, go UT. Um, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not uh, a bad quarterback by any means. Um, you know, I, I do think that, like you said, he'll be handicapped a little bit. No DeAndre Hopkins, no A.J. Green, uh, Christian Kirk, and Rondell Moore, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, yo, what if they just put Rondell out with a number one jersey? Like, you think anybody would ever really notice? <laughs> I mean, if they put, they should put him in the backfield, might as well, you know. Right, just put him at, yeah. just put him at Wildcat quarterback. Yep, yep. So just run some option. <laughs> I, I bet you we see it, man. I bet you. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Chase Edmonds, I think, is definitely has a role in this game. James Conner, if the score stays close enough, which I think it can I think he'll have some an opportunity here for some rush attempts and, and um, definitely some goal line opportunities as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Chase Edmonds just scored his first rushing touchdown last week. Crazy. So while, while uh, James Conner has eight, so uh, shows you what, what kind of year it's been around the goal line for those guys over there uh, on the San Fran side, Elijah Mitchell, RB one option this week. Totally agree there. Uh, Debo Samuel, he's banged up, but I think, you know, you have to play him. Maybe yeah, play, if he's going to go, yeah. You plan yeah. to be without him, but you have to play him if he's active with how good he's been. Uh, Ayuk is coming off his best game of the season. I mean, he saw seven targets last week, 45 yards, um, which can't believe that that's a season high, but it is. <laughs> uh, also caught a two-point conversion. So I, I think, you know, I think that, and he also played a season high in snaps as well, and ran a season high in in uh, in routes. So I I think that it's tr- things are trending in the right direction here for Brandon Ayuk. So if he's out there on waivers, you know maybe you just go pick him up, especially if Debo doesn't play, right? Yeah, like especially if Debo's play, not. Playing. Yeah. Like then Ayuk, you know, you sure definitely could fire him up there. Um, and then George Kittle, like you said, if he's playing, he's got to be in my lineup. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, what if what if you have Tyler Conklin? Tyler Conklin and George Kittle this week. Ooh. Wow. Uh, I, with no Debo Samuel, I think I'd take George Kittle. But if Debo's playing, I'll probably stick with Conklin. Are you... I think I would just go Conklin either way. Yeah. Just because the, the re-injury thing is always, a, like, yeah. especially with Kittle, too, man. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But who, who are you going to add, Moore or Ayuk, though? Or who would you rather have in this matchup? Rondell Moore or Ayuk. That, that's honestly a crazy one because it's something I'm going through right now. I, I think feel like I'm, a lot of people will be going through that. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm stick, I think I'm sticking with Ayuk on this one. Okay. Just because the infrastructure is still in place. Like, like I gotta trust that Rondell takes a role or gets a role, and then I gotta trust that Colt McCoy is gonna be good enough to, which he, I think he can be for sure. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I think like we've definitely seen Ayuk, like Ayuk's done it before, like big games, like hundred yard receiving games right, type right. things. So all it's gonna take 
is some targets and some opportunities there. And I think if it's trending in the right direction, which it is, I'm going with Ayuk. So I did have to make that decision in the league, though, <laughs> which I only have one roster spot for one of those guys, and I I went with Ayuk. So. Okay. Um, And this was after dropping both of them last week. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. But moving on to this next game, Sunday night, 8.20 p.m., the 5-2 Tennessee Titans traveling to L.A. to take on the 7-1 L.A. Rams, 53.5-point total. Rams are a seven-point favorites. In terms of injuries, defensive tackle uh, for the Rams, Sebastian Joseph Day, he's dealing with a uh, – he's, he's out with a pec injury. Uh, Von Miller – He's questionable as a game-time decision. That's what uh, the head coach, Sean McVay, said. Sean McVay's a liar, right? Yeah. We, yeah, we, we, I forgot. Yeah. We should just get a list. I'll put it on my wall. True. Pete so you Carroll, always know. Just turn behind Sean you. McVay, anytime Bruce you hear Arians. <laughs> Who else is up there? Matt Rule could be off and on, but he's he's cool. He's cool right now. He's good. Matt, yeah, Matt Rule just – he's like – he's trying – he's like telling riddles. <laughs> like the Riddler. That's what that rule is. Um, but Woods and Stafford, both DMPs on Friday. I, I the expectation is that they will play. On the Tennessee side, uh guard Nate Davis, he has a concussion. He will he will be out of this game. Fullback, uh Kari Bl- Blossing game, blazing game. Sorry, but I always want to say blazing game because that sounds a lot more fun. Right. But, could be Boston game. Anyway, he will not play against the Rams. Uh, Rashawn Evans, linebacker, he is out with an ankle injury, and he will also not play against the Rams. In terms of this game, I'm going to take the over here. I'm going to take the Titans to cover. I'm going to take the Rams to win. Cooper Cup is the wide receiver one this week. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Matthew yes. Stafford. Definitely a QB1. Uh, Robert Woods, he's a wide receiver two option. Van Jefferson, somebody who's very intriguing to me this week. I think the matchup is great. This game has a high total. Uh, There's no Deshaun Jackson, who was released earlier this week uh, after being inactive last week. And we saw Van Jefferson run a season high in in routes and and snaps and, and things like that. So I think Van Jefferson continues to take that step to being, uh, you know, a top, you know, a top three wide receiver, not just on this team, but I think being a weekly wide receiver, uh, wide receiver three in fantasy with some wide receiver two upside. I mean, the, the I was listening to J.J. Zacharyson's podcast, and he said that the Rams have actually thrown the ball to wide receivers at over 75% of the time, which is almost as high as or as higher than the New York Jets did back in 2015 when they had Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall. Uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods account for 54% of that. There's still some room there for Van Jefferson to eat some of that up. So definitely like that. Hendo, uh, Daryl Henderson, RB2 option for sure. Uh, And then on the Tennessee side, A.J. Brown probably is the wide receiver too, if we're being honest, this week. Uh, So you could have potentially the top two wide receivers. He's banged up too. Crazy. You said what? And he's banged up too. And he's banged up. Um, I mean, he's he's always banged up, man. So, you know, it is what it is with him. But Ryan Tannehill, 
top quarterback option this week, given the game script here. Uh, McNichols, I think, is a high-end RB2 uh, based on the volume and the game script here. Uh, AP, he's he's definitely RB3, RB4 territory, was activated off the practice squad ahead of this game. Uh, that just shows how much the Titans feel like he's ready to for for actual game action after you know having not had a training camp or anything like that. Uh, and then Julio Jones uh, is playing a football game, so he could potentially be a fantasy asset this week. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm gonna take uh, the under. I'm gonna take the Rams to cover and the the Rams to win. Uh, I think this might be a little adjustment for the the Titans do seem to win big games and close games, but. They don't have that dog, so I think the Rams take advantage of it at home. Um, Tannehill, I think he's in that QB2 range. I do like McNichols as a you know PPR, RB3, as well as Adrian Peterson being a RB3, RB4 range. I agree with you on that. Um, as far as the receivers, A.J. Brown's a little bit banged up, but you know if he's able to play, uh, you have him, I have him as a wide receiver, too. I have Julio. Uh, I think I like Julio this week in this bounce back with Jalen Ramsey being on A.J. Brown and the focus probably on more on A.J. Brown. Also, Tannehill will probably be throwing the ball a little more in this game. So Julio, I think, is in play uh, as a low and wide receiver, too. And on the Rams side, uh, yeah, I love all the receivers. Um, Fan, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, uh, Matt Stafford. You love all their, the pieces every week. Uh, this has been a very consistent unit uh, week to week. Um, and, yeah, I'm just loving that there. You know, all 11 personnel, one tight end, you know, this, none of that no more. Just getting all the three of the receivers involved. I do like Tyler Higby this week. I failed to mention it. Oh, yeah. You know, every week we seem to love Tyler Higby. I, I do. I, yeah. I don't know what it is. He he pops up every week. The target share is good, and, and the mm-hmm. matchup here is, is good. Um, I just can't make him my start of the week because that's when we have problems, apparently. <laughs> Greg, moving on to this next game, Monday Night Football, we've got the 3-5 and five Chicago Bears traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the 4-3 and three Pittsburgh Steelers. Last week's total was low. This one, 39 and a half again. I think it was pretty mm. much the same as last week. Um, the Steelers are six-point favorites in this one. So Vegas not believing that last week was the real Chicago. Or maybe they think Matt Nagy wasn't there, so it had everything to do with that. Um, but Eddie Jackson for the Bears, he was a, he's a DMP in practice with a hamstring injury on Thursday, as was Khalil Mack uh, with a foot injury. Uh, David Montgomery, he's been designated to return. It does not mean he's been activated, but he's been designated, which means he can start practicing and whatnot. So uh, that's ahead of the bye week the the Bears have next week. So you can imagine that maybe he's could be ready after the bye or maybe the week after. So something to monitor there. Uh, on the Steelers' side, Eric Ebron, he was a limited participant in practice Friday with a hamstring injury. And then Big Ben, uh, was limited this week with a hip and a pectoral injury. So, Greg, where are you at with this matchup? It's 39, so I'm going to bite and take the over, but I still think it's going to be low scoring. I'm going to take the Bears to cover, but I'm going to take the Steelers to win. Uh, on the Bears side, it's, it's the same. I mean, I'm not touching either quarterback, but on the Bears, Khalil Herbert, they like to run the ball. They like to, to uh, rely on him. Uh, I think he's got some high in RB2 upside in this one. And as far as the receivers, we all know Darnell Mooney is the only really relevant one, only really relevant pass catcher on the team. So I'd be willing to play him as a, a wide receiver three. Uh, on the Steelers side, it's Najee Harris. Been a beast all year. Uh, we got to probably talk about him as being 
with the Derrick Henry loss as well. Him being up there as, you know, RB1 candidate. Uh, and Deontay Johnson, I like his matchup. I also like Chase Claypool's matchup a lot this week. And I think they're both in store for, you know, wide receiver two days. You know, Deontay has a little more upside, but I think Claypool could get in the end zone. Yeah, I'm going to take the under here. I'm going to take Pittsburgh to cover, Pittsburgh to win. Uh, on the Chicago side, Khalil Herbert, he's an RB2. You know, the volume has been great there. Mm-hmm. I think Mooney's like a wide receiver three or four. I'm I'm probably going to stay away from that whole side anyway. The matchup's not really great here. And, mm-hmm. and staying away from Justin Fields, too. I don't not really buying what what he was selling last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to see it two times. I got to see it back. Yeah, two times. Well, <laughs> and maybe a third. Uh, after you were just so bad to me earlier in the year. So we'll see about that. Um, But on the Pittsburgh side, I think Deontay Johnson's in for a monster week this week, a top flight option this week at the wide receiver position. Uh, Najee Harris, he's a top five play. I agree with you. You know, he's in that conversation as being one of the top guys uh, at the position. Uh, Claypool is in play, but I also think James Washington's in play as well. I mean, his usage, uh, his production has been on par over these last couple games with with uh, Chase Claypool. So definitely think that uh, he could be a sneaky play as well. And then Fryermuth has a tough matchup yes, here, sir. but I think he's still in play. Yeah, you got to keep rolling him out there. Got to cool. All right, man, it's, con- it's time to get to that money time. Time to get to those starts of the week. Yes, sir. Greg, who is your quarterback start of the week this week, man? Yeah, I was I was real close to taking the herb, but this week I'm gonna take my man Joey B. You know, Joey B against Cleveland. Uh, he's been under the radar, I think, as far as you know, sliding under the radar. But he's been lighting up as far as his numbers this year. He's third in passing touchdowns this season with 20. He's got an 8.1 touchdown rate. He's also sixth in passing yards. He's he's third in yards per attempt. Uh, having you know Jamar Chase definitely helps that. But in this excellent matchup against Cleveland. Cleveland's given up over 230 yards and two touchdowns a game to quarterbacks. Uh, Joe Burrow's been highly efficient. They are throwing it slightly more compared to earlier in the year. So I do love Joey B here to have a monster day. I love that one. Joe Burrow was definitely somebody who was in consideration for me. But I actually went with a surprising pick here to a tongue of Iloa. Okay, okay. Going up against Atlanta. That's been a hot spot for quarterbacks this year. Two over the last three weeks is the quarterback nine, averaging 21 points per game. I think he has top five potential here based on the matchup this week. And somebody who I, I wanted to pick him as a stream of the week earlier in the week, but the more and more I looked at it, I'm like, I think this is start of the week potential here for Tua Tonga Valoa. Yeah, definitely love that. I mean, I added him. I think, yeah, mentioned him. If you're a Kyler man, uh, Murray manager, go get Tua. And did I say Atlanta? I totally mean Houston here. So I don't know why I'm saying Atlanta. But going up against Houston, so uh, either way, hey, it could be an audition for his f- next future team, potentially. True, so. true. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Greg, what about the uh, running back start of the week, man? What do we got? I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook versus Baltimore. This is a, a bounce back start of the week here. Uh, you know, outside the PPR, RB40, two of the last three weeks. Uh, Cook's got to come through for managers with this excellent matchup versus Baltimore, uh, giving up over a little over, over one rushing touchdown a game, uh, expecting a high scoring game in general. Uh, also, it's positive regression coming for Cook. You know, he's 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 12th in rushing yards among running backs. He's only got two rushing touchdowns this year, though. Uh, the touchdowns have got to come in this one. I think he gets at least one, maybe two in this one. Ooh, I like that one, man, because I almost did the same thing. <laughs> 
but somebody else needs a little bit more confidence. Somebody needs that boost. Mm-hmm. Uh, prop him up a little bit. I'm going with Jeremy McNichols. Okay. That opportunity okay. because of the Derrick Henry injury. He was already seeing some passing down work. Should now see some early down work here in a game that has a high total. Uh, over the last three weeks, the Rams give up the 13th most fantasy points to the running back position. They are they give up uh, their top 10 in targets allowed to the running back position. Uh, sorry, 11th in running back in targets allowed to the running back position. Seven and a half targets per game to that to that position on the field. And so Jeremy McNichols is in a great spot to not only pick up some of these rushing opportunities, but also pick up some targets here. So if you're playing in the PPR league. I have him as a top 15 running back play this week. Yeah, I love that for sure. Greg, what about the wide receiver start of the week this week, man? I uh, could have went with the stack, but I'm going to go with Keenan Allen going against Philly. Uh, I think this is a, a green spot matchup for Keenan Allen. Uh, the Eagles have been solid against per- perimeter receivers, but Keenan Allen works in that slot. Uh, he's 10th among wide receivers in slot snaps. I love Herbert's matchup. I think he really relies on Keenan Allen. Uh, definitely a receiver I want to buy in fantasy in general before this trade deadline comes up. Uh, coming off a season high in snap share, I expect a wide receiver one week from Keenan Allen. He, he relies on him, gets heavy target, 10 plus, easy. Definitely love that one. Um, my wide receiver start of the week. I'm going with a guy, some one of my guys, man, Deontay Johnson against Chicago, seen a 35% target share Ooh. over the last three weeks. That's second most in the NFL. He's seeing 13 targets per game during that span. Going up against the Chicago defense that's given up the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers over that same time span. Gotta love Deontay Johnson. Gotta love the matchup here. Fire this man up. Top five week coming from Deontay this week. Book. Yes, sir. I like that. Greg, tight end start of the week, man. What do you got? It, it better be what I think it is. Yeah, man. yeah. You already know, man. Gotta go with Tyler Conklin here. Uh, of course, Minnesota. Go with the little receiver tight end stack. Best matchup on the weekend at the tight end position in a high game total against this Baltimore defense. They've been obliterated by tight ends all year. Uh, he's getting those tight end one metrics as well as far as routes run and targets, both a tight end one in both those categories. So he's going to eat in this one for sure. Definitely love that, man. If you didn't do it, bro, I swear I was going <laughs> to do it. I had Tyler Conklin written down, but I have his name. Slash, it's Tyler Conklin, Conklin slash. Dallas Goddard, because both have really good matchups, both seeing six targets per game over the last uh, over the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. I like each one to have a, a big week, especially Conklin uh, as a top three option. But I got Goddard down as a top seven option as well, uh, you know, especially since the departure of Zach Ertz. Goddard soaked up some more targets. Uh, yeah, he's definitely in line to finish out the year as a tight end one. Yeah, love that. All right, Greg, it's time for this get money time. Uh, did I? Oh, man, I swear. One day. One day we're going to remember this. Did you, Who's picking? <laughs> oh, it's guy. I believe it's mine. Yeah. I swear you say that every Oh, week. yeah, I, I do. <laughs> uh, yo, I, we're at the odd <laughs> week, though, you know? If, it, we're, if we're in an odd week, I started it off the year by taking the first pick. Well, then we missed a week. We missed a couple weeks. It was like some weeks that it was a week you weren't here. It was a week I wasn't oh, here. Oh, true, true. Are we going up that now? Oh, man, then I definitely don't know. I mean, you know, just look at last week. Just look at, you know, who. Uh, who could have <laughs> taken the first pick last I think I, I think I had the first pick last week. 
Yeah, because you would have took someone I really loved. I think Devontae Adams. No, nah, I def- think I took Cooper Cup to start. Oh, okay, word. Smart. Yeah. So it's your pick. Bet. I got Dalvin Cook, 8,800 as my RB1 against Baltimore. That's cool. I'm going to take Austin Eckler as my RB1 going up against Philly. Oh. Oh. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, brutal. Uh, all right, so I'm going to just <laughs> switch it up real quick. I'm going to take Tyreek Hill in my flex because that's why Eckler and my flex has. So I'm going to take Tyreek Hill at 8,500 in my flex going against Green Bay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take Jamar Chase, 7,900 going up against Cleveland. Uh, so that means I'm going to take Keenan Allen, my wide receiver start of the week at 7,000, uh, going against Philly. I'm going to take, uh, Tyler Conklin, 5,200 going up <laughs> against Baltimore. Hmm. <laughs> like He's that. so cheap. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. He's so cheap. Uh, I'm going to take... Hey, man, I'm just going to take George Kittle, tight end, 6,000, going against Arizona. All right. Um, I'm going to take Hunter Renfro, 5,600. Oh, my gosh, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, I'm going to take uh, – I got Brandon Cooks as my wide receiver, too, 6,800, going against Miami. Uh, I'm going to take the uh, Bills defense here, 5,200, going up against Jacksonville. Word. Uh, I'm going to take Devontae Booker. It's my RB2, 6,300, going against Vegas. Okay. Um, I'm going to take Josh Jacobs as my RB2, going up against the Giants, 7,200. Word, word. Uh, I'm gonna take at quarterback Justin Herbert at 7600. Get that stack with Keenan Allen. That's the same game against Philly. Mm. I'm going to take Cordero Patterson in my flex. Seven thousand. Ooh, that's a good flex. Uh. I'm going to take the Chiefs defense at 3,300 going against Green Bay. I'm going to take a quarterback. Oh, man. I have enough to get the stack. You didn't take your quarterback yet, right? No, I took the Herb. Yeah. You took the Herb? Yeah. All right. I'm going to take your quarterback start the week <laughs> in Joe Burrow because I got the money to go up there and get him. And at my last receiver, I had to switch it up fine because I was looking this whole time because Henfro was supposed to be there. But I'm going to take Cardarius Tony, 5,700 in that same game against Vegas. Uh, so, yeah, I got a couple stacks in here. All right. All right. Lit. It's lit. All right, Greg, why don't you read off the team? I, th- I think I frazzled you a little bit, it seems. Yeah, you had to go crazy. You had to switch up. It's not <laughs> look like nothing to line up I had. <laughs> Well, this looks like nothing to line up I had because I didn't have a lineup when we started. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I have Justin Herbert at my quarterback, 7,600. Dalvin Cook, 
going against Baltimore at 8,800 as my RB1. Devontae Booker at my RB2 at 6,300. Keenan Allen as my wide receiver one at 7,000. Brandon Cooks, my wide receiver two at 6,800. Kadarius Toney at 5,700, wide receiver three. George Kittle as my tight end at 6,000. Tyreek Hill at my flex for 8,500. And the Chiefs defense going against Green Bay at 3,300. All righty then. Um, sorry, I just have to switch my lineup around for some time purposes. I got to make it optimal. Mm-hmm. Just in case you know somebody gets injured or anything, but um, at my quarterback position, I'm going with Joe Burrow going to, going up against Cleveland, 7600. Uh, Cordell Patterson is in my RB one slot, 7000 going up against uh, New Orleans. I got Josh Jacobs against the Giants at 7200 as my RB two. I got Jamar Chase, 7900 as my wide receiver one. Uh, Hunter Renfro, 5,600 is my wide receiver two. Jamal Agnew, 5,200 is my wide receiver three. Tyler Conklin is my tight end uh, for 5,200 going up against Baltimore. And then I've got uh, Austin Eckler is my uh, in my flex spot going up against Philly, a 9K, and then Buffalo defense going up against Jacksonville. Uh, 5,200, and I just frazzled myself because I realized I had my wide receiver going up against my defense, which is oh. somewhat some, somewhat suboptimal, but I don't hate it. Yeah. It's not as bad as a running back, I guess, but yeah. not a quarterback, yeah. But uh, I live with it. But anyways, Ooh. this was fun. As always, mm-hmm. everybody, we appreciate y'all for kicking it with us on this Friday evening. Uh, make sure you check out the, uh, obviously, Make sure you subscribe to the show, subscribe to the podcast, and make sure you're back with us on Monday when we recap week nine through the studs and jags, talk about injuries, talk about waivers, and uh, do it all again next week. Until next time, y'all, we love you. We appreciate y'all. Good luck this weekend, and we're out of here. Peace. We out.